You're listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast. I'm your host, Lizzie Benton, culture consultant and founder of Liberty Mind, and I want to inspire people to create unique company cultures where our human potential can thrive. In this podcast, I talk to organizations and employees about the impact of company culture. Together, we can make it thrive. Hi, and welcome back to Make It Thrive. This week, I'm talking to Jessica Hodkinson, freelance content marketing specialist. With first-hand experience working across global companies, today, Jessica and I delve into the topic of recognising when a company culture is toxic. I'm sure many of us can relate to Jessica's experience. You started a company and it seems great, but then the rose-tinted glasses come off and it doesn't appear quite as positive as you first imagined. So let's get started and see what we can learn from Jessica's experience. Hi Jess and welcome to Make It Thrive. Give our audience an introduction to yourself and your experience within company coaches. Sure, hi Lizzie, thanks for having me, it's great to be here. Um, so I have worked both in-house and agency side, mainly digital marketing, covering SEO and content marketing. Um, and I guess it's, it's varied from company to company. And I think this conversation doesn't happen enough and it's really important. <laughs> I think, um, you know, to get teams working well, the culture needs to be right. So it is a topic mm. that I feel quite passionately about. And yeah, it'd be great to just explore this in a bit more detail. Definitely. I know in the early days of sort of starting a company, it can be hard to know if it's the right place. You know, when you start at a new agency or in any organization, it's quite difficult sort of to pick up that early kind of sense of what the company culture is like. Um, and I always get asked, you know, how should I know if it's a good place to work? Um, I mean, have you ever worked somewhere where you just knew something wasn't right for you was there any sort of early signs yeah I think it's a very good point sometimes you can't tell because the interview process goes very well and then you start that job and a few weeks in you think hmm something's not looking right um I did I sort of had a bit of a placement at an agency where I was freelancing for two to three months and I could just tell there was a lot of unhappy faces people working through their lunch breaks obviously um, the stereotypical thing of people just sat at their desks until 7.30, 8.30 in the evening and they looked a bit swamped. So I think there are things like that you can pick up on. But I guess if you're just taken off into an interview room and then you're introduced to the happy people in the company, yeah. it's, not, it's not always obvious. So it is kind of you've got to just make a call there and then. But if you, yeah. are, if you are just having a bit of a scout around the office or maybe speaking to a few people whilst they're on their lunch breaks or just kind of you know checking in with anyone that you know that works there or someone that might be linked to another person it's always good to do that due diligence before you start in the company absolutely definitely I totally agree with you on that point because during interviews it's everyone's kind of on their best behavior um I suppose you know everyone's kind of putting on a show employers are trying to look like 
the best place to work um, you know as a candidate you're trying to look like the best person to hire um, so do you think these early signs can be picked up during an interview and has there any ever been any kind of telltale signs that you shouldn't work somewhere if you kind of been in and thought oh actually that interview or that environment people looked unhappy was there any kind of signs that your gut just kind of knew it was like oh actually this this doesn't feel right yeah and I think you do have to ask those questions in the interview process I think it's you know quite easy to sit there and just take what's given to you but if you start digging a little bit deeper and um, you know things that are said like well it's just expected here that everyone looks in and stays until the work's done you kind of know that you're going to be overstretched and maybe that's not Mm. right for you. Um, Asking things about flexible working obviously it's a huge topic now but can you have that downtime? So you've got a day to yourself during the week. Um, obviously, you've still got to put the work in, but I think it's quite um, good to just sort of ask those questions up front so you know where you stand. Um, if you are working more hours than expected, have, have they got like a bonus scheme in place or do you get time in lieu? Just all of the things that you don't always think to ask because you're so desperate yeah. to get a job um yeah but it's it's now something I work for myself now so obviously the freelance world is a, is a lot different but I think going into a busy environment where teams are stretched because a company's either growing or they've taken on a lot of clients and haven't got the resource it, it's easy mm. to spot signs and I think it shows in faces more than often yeah. so um <laughs> I'd say that there's not one easy answer to that but you can just do a bit of groundwork first and and have a conversation with the person who's taking you through that interview process. Absolutely. No, I think that's really sound advice. I always say to people, you know, try and have more conversations while you're there. Like if you can hang about for like lunch or that kind of thing or make suggestions to have conversations with even the people you're directly working with. Because so many times you're having interviews with, say, the founder of the company, but not the people that you're actually going to be spending the time with. Um, And even that can be so different, you know, when you actually get to the the day to day of the work, you, you you didn't you didn't have the opportunity to ask these questions to your kind of your the, the senior leader you're actually reporting to absolutely so, and you're always going to have that negative person in the office who's been there for years and they just hate the job. <laughs> so you can't pay attention to that person but I think it is worthwhile just sort of spending time with the people who are on the ground doing the work um mm. you see press releases that go out saying the company's just won an award for the best employer of the year but I think sometimes you've got to kind of get beneath that a little bit and work out whether that's for you or if it's just because they've got a good reputation as a tech company or as a a retail company. So I think you do have to put the legwork in up front before you can make that decision for yourself. Absolutely, definitely. Because I know kind of the, the whole toxic culture phenomenon, I mean, it can ha- begin to have such a real impact on your overall well-being because mm. when it can't be spotted early on, you know, it really does wear you down. Um, I'm sure we've all worked in organizations where it felt great when we started because um, you're kind of on a bit of a high that you've got the job and it all feels really good. And then things kind of start to unravel and it's almost like, you know, the rose-tinted glasses come off um, yeah. and you start things kind of just 
just appear and you think oh, this wasn't here three months ago mm, and it's quite sad to be honest because I've been in that position I worked for a small agency and they start to grow very quickly um we had quite a close working team and then I think people just felt overstretched and they didn't know where they were going there's a lot of uncertainty whether we were actually going to keep our jobs or not so this environment of being quite relaxed and happy and enjoying work became quite negative and there was a lot of anxiety um within the team so and you can feel it and I think day to day that does have a negative impact on you because you're absorbing that negative energy and you're not sure what's happening so I think it's a really good point and it's happening more and more often now because things are changing in the economy and people are trying to catch up and we work at such a fast pace there's mm, not always that absolutely. time to just stop and work out how you're going to manage things or who needs the extra support um yeah so yeah speaking from experience I think it's something that companies do need to pay attention to especially in that growth period yeah. Yeah, that growth period is such a tricky time, I know, for a lot of companies, because it's going from being a few people to getting slightly bigger. And like you say, overstretched people can become very resentful people, um, especially when they're not, you know, looked after well, or they don't feel like they've got enough downtime, or they've been promised things that don't come to fruition, it can all start to to build a very toxic environment. I mean, from your experience, are there any kind of obvious signs to you that a culture is becoming quite toxic? I think it's when people start sort of um, losing communication. So they'll leave things and sort of let it go into the table, not communicate freely. They feel like they need to sort of sit there until everyone else has left the office because they haven't had enough time to get done what they needed to complete. Um, you can sort of sense in meetings that there's a lot of one-way conversations. It's not free-flowing. I think people hold back. They don't feel like they want to have an opinion in case it's the wrong opinion because this environment's just sort of created a bit of a negative um, feeling, like you you can't say what you want to say in case it's judged or taken the wrong way. So I think there are signs and it's hard when you're in it because you don't always see them but I think when you you come out of it because I'm not in agency land anymore um and I'm not saying it just happens in agencies it probably happens in-house but I think it's just this feeling of you can be who you want to be and there's so much pressure on the job itself and almost like being a clone of someone else like you 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 Mm. forget to do what's right for you so I think it's important to speak up as well. It's not always on the person who's either managing you or the uh, MD of the company. You need to just say no sometimes. Don't say yes to everything. Um, yeah. And make, make sure you're taking time out. Like don't just sit at your desk, get up and go for a walk. Um, make sure you are leaving on time and just manage it the way that you want to manage it. Because otherwise, people will just take advantage in a way. They're not going to actually yeah. stop you from getting into that unhealthy routine. Yeah, definitely. No, it's, it's really true. I mean, there's actually a funny um, quote 
from a from a local um that's quite a kind of a reputation of a local company who who dig sort of long hours and and one of the um sort of quotes that they've got a reputation for is we work 40 hours a week and then they expect us to work (laughs) so it's kind of like this relentless almost you know we're giving our lives to this company and and yet we still need to give more it's not enough Um, and and it's a real shame there are a lot of things like going away on annual leave and being expected to pick up emails you know it's like oh yeah and enjoy yourself go and relax but could you just check this or would you mind just dialing into this call (laughs) it makes you feel like you can't switch off and I think that's been something I've noticed more and more, especially in the world we live in, where there's WhatsApp groups, there's yeah. chatbots, yeah. there's all these different things that we're expected to be on, even Facebook. It's hard to disconnect. But I do think if you manage a team or you manage a business, you should be empowering people to have the ability to disconnect. And Absolutely. once the out of office goes on, leave it on and just be able be able to yeah. say look this is my time I need it and I'm going to be more productive when I return definitely because the thing is that you're you're right you know we are in this culture of always mm. on always always on we're never kind of allowed to switch off and I say to people sometimes you know would you send that email at that time of night? It's as if you're walking into someone's house and asking them that question. Would you do that? Absolutely not. You wouldn't walk into someone's house at nine o'clock at night and ask them about work. <laughs> no. um, that's just rude. But but yet we, we still feel like we've got into this culture where, oh, we'll send an email at that time of night though. But, you know, it's it's even sort of as well as being the recipient and kind of switching off, it's actually why are you sending those kind of messages late at night? Let that person have their time. Um, you know, let them recuperate because they're not going to be as productive and happy. And it's just eating into that personal time. You don't own people's time because they work for and you. And we are all guilty of it. I do it myself. But I think clients start to find it strange because they're like, why do these emails need to be sent so late? There's got to be enough time in a day yeah. to get the work done. And, you know, it's all about working Absolutely. smarter and not longer. So I do think it's acceptable to sort of say, look, we shouldn't be doing this. Or we should schedule the email so that they go out first thing in the morning. <laughs> it, it's just managing that process a bit better. Definitely. No, I totally agree. And do you think with this kind of culture that we're getting very used to, um, you know, the the remote working, the kind of the whole gig economy and kind of freelancing is, is massively grown. Do you think more people are going to start being really switched on to the companies to work for and not to work for? Because, I mean, we all talk. I mean, even locally, we all know the brands and companies that are doing it right and that are doing it dreadfully. So do you think we're going to start kind of making more decisions because of our lifestyle that we want to choose? Or, I mean, did you kind of choose freelancing because it was something to do with your lifestyle? Or or did you feel like, actually, I don't want to work in that kind of environment anymore? To be honest, I was getting quite tired of the environment. And I wanted to have that choice to be flexible and give it a go by Mm. myself. I'm not saying it's the easiest. And sometimes... I think it's really nice to be around a team and have those people who can support you. But I was getting tired. And I think a friend of mine said the other day, you know, you're always booking appointments outside of work and you're always in convenient times. And now that we like work for ourselves, you can get up and go and 
do what you need to do during the day and come back and schedule a call with a client, you've sort of got that freedom to move it around. So I think if, if you're not a rigid person, it doesn't always work for you to be in that nine to five routine. Um, mm. But I do also think you have to be able to work um, smartly and, and you're not... If, if you do go freelance, it's not a case of, oh, I've got all this free time and, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to have fun. You, you still need to be disciplined and you need to be able to put the work in. But we are moving towards that whole flexible work culture. And you can see again and again, like the big organizations are off, offering policies now that suit people who want to have like a longer maternity break or they need time off because they're caring for someone I think there's a lot of like job sharing roles out there as well so you can tag team Mm, with someone else so we are moving towards that and obviously you've got your digital nomads who have the best life because they just plug in (laughs) and move all the time so yeah yes I think you know companies are now becoming smarter and catching up to the fact that we are all having different decisions on how we work um and technologies and enabling us to do that which is brilliant absolutely definitely no it really is I mean the whole work the work life that we have is so vastly different to you know 10 20 years ago um you know we all had to stay in one office because of the internet connection they mm-hmm. couldn't you know be this remote working that you, we have the luxury of now almost and it's going to continue to change you know by generation and it, it it just totally overwhelms me to think what is our work life going to look like in the next 10 years? Because, you know, I'm sure even our parents probably didn't even consider we'd all be doing these kind of things. Um, so what are we going to be doing in, you know, 10, 20 years differently? So yeah. it is ever changing. With its challenges. I mean, sometimes the technology lets you down. So if you're trying to do Skype calls with five <laughs> yeah. or six different companies located around the world it, it can be quite stressful and I am a big believer that you do need face-to-face time because you, you can connect to the person better but it's just getting the balance absolutely it's getting the balance right that's all it is and I think when people are sort of looking like they are overworked you, you need to be able to give them the support that they need and also talk through what it is that's holding them back or making it difficult for them to perform in their role. No, absolutely. And do you think some of it comes from leadership as well, like sort of bad habits that leaders have picked up? Because I see a lot of it where in organisations, you know, they sort of say, I'll keep telling them to like take a lunch break. And I say like, well, do you take a lunch break? Do you get away from your desk? Do you go out of the office? Like, well, no, because but I've got all this to do. And it's like, you have to lead by example. It's the oldest rule in the book. You have to lead by example. You can't tell other people to do one thing and then you do Mm. another. It just doesn't work like that. And it's, it's so hard to get that across sometimes. And and eventually, you know, people, people get it that they have to live and act by what they believe in. Um, Because at the end of the day, if you don't believe in it and have experienced it yourself, it's really hard to understand others. So I'll never forget reading um, Sheryl Sandberg's book and, you know, Lean In. And she sort of discussed about how 
she'd never ever thought of it before but when she were uh got pregnant she didn't realize that you know parking was a nightmare as a pregnant woman because you'd have to walk really far to get to the office and she thought gosh you know we've had all these other women who've been pregnant at the company and they've they've not really complained about this she's like but now i'm in this position i can make that change um so now they've got like you know reserved pregnancy yeah, spots brilliant. and things yeah. like that but it's not until you have that experience yourself and that empathy that then sometimes leaders can really go, right, we need to make this better for people because there's a problem here. Um, so do you think there's enough sort of self-awareness when it comes to sort of leaders and the, and the company culture? I think culture? it comes down to emotional intelligence. I mean, it sounds so obvious, but some leaders don't have a lot of it. They're very good at their jobs and they're yeah. very switched on, but they can't disconnect from what needs to be done and how how to do it and the, and the people involved then sort of suffer because of that or they're afraid that they're going to let things slip so they don't want to take a lunch break because that's an extra hour where they can get things done um so it, it's fine mm. saying like you should do this but they never ask like how how it should be done or what you need yeah, to be able to definitely. manage your workload i think that's a key point um I've, yeah, yeah I've, I've heard definitely. the same thing people just sort of I always tell that person to go outside for a walk but then as soon as they can get <laughs> back in it's like where is this we need this there's a deadline and then the anxiety yeah. builds up and you feel yeah. like you're not going to be able to deliver definitely so yes yeah two sides of the story there I guess yeah definitely I mean while ultimately you know it is the leader's roles to improve company culture I do believe that employees should have a voice too this is kind of exactly why this podcast was created because I think people have to be part of the conversation when it comes to culture it needs to be the whole team involved so what do you think people can do as an employee or as part of the team to improve company culture? Have you got kind of any advice or any experience yeah, from doing that? Yeah, I mean, that? I've been part of these sort of culture training groups where you talk about the core values of the company. And it is basically writing things down on sticky notes and sort of saying what we think our company stands for. But it's very much built around the business. It's not built around the people. So maybe there's a way of like spinning that yeah. around so that the people come forward and state what they would like and what helps them to work on a daily basis. You're not going to be able to fix everything, but you know, I think Absolutely. your example of falling pregnant and needing extra support, um, is there something else that could be brought into the business to help another person who struggles to sort of um, get into the office by 9.30? you know, for personal reasons. So yeah. there's little things like that I think you can bring to the table. And then if the employees feel like they've kind of made um, the culture better and they've improved it in some way, it's it's almost like recognition. It's not like, it's not always about yeah. salaries. And um, I mean, that, that helps. No, but just these definitely. little things make people feel valued um, so I think that that would be a great yeah. idea to just get people talking more and having time to sit down yeah, and say, is absolutely. everyone okay? It doesn't happen that often. It's like, are the clients okay? But <laughs> yeah. hang on a minute, how are you guys going? Yeah. Um, it's, that's life. Like we yeah. all need to function and you get yeah. the most out of people when you are sort of investing in them. No, I think so because I, I I've said it again. I've said it a few times actually on this podcast. You know, 
employees need need to speak up as well when something isn't right when they feel like the, something about the culture doesn't fit right or doesn't feel right or if they've got a suggestion you know having constructive feedback about any kind of company culture will help improve the company culture because it will make people mm. make people think you know um leaders can't do it all on their own they need the team that's essentially what it's there for um and you know while in a lot of organizations there can be a very top-down approach where it's kind of decisions are made at the top and you know it kind of gets filtered down there needs to be more of a, a level playing field because ultimately the decisions are impacting the people so if the people aren't happy they're kind of irrelevant decisions they're not the right decisions to have been made so it's just important as important for people to kind of speak up when things aren't aren't right to sort of make those suggestions and give that feedback because ultimately there's there's no point not saying anything and just sort of sitting there and festering in a, a negative yeah, culture I suppose. Agree with you. and also you know some agencies have this forced fun where like they they say <laughs> on Friday and everyone's going to join in and it's not always your cup of tea so I think it's quite nice to ask what yeah. people are interested in and just make sure you're mixing it up so yeah. people feel like they can be involved and the introverts don't feel like they've got to stand on a table and talk about their week. You know, it's, it's sometimes <laughs> recognizing personalities in the room and just making sure it because I think that's yeah. really important. I've worked in some places that do a brilliant yeah, job definitely. and I've worked in other places that do a terrible job. So it, it is something I feel quite passionately about. You, you, you can't just force <laughs> things upon people. You've got to make sure you're asking them what they'd like to do yeah absolutely no definitely you've got I think we've covered some very good points on this today so is, are there any kind of final points you want people to leave with or any advice you'd give people in the sort of recognizing toxic company yeah, cultures I think I'd probably say things can get really tough at times and you've got to remember that you're not on your own um take some time out and just speak to co-workers and make sure you're all kind of sticking together and not working against each other. Um, I think if you do run a business, talk to people, not just about work, but really invest a bit of time into them and get it right. Um, and yeah, I think it, it's an open topic. Everyone's got their own opinion. I don't think there's a solution that fits all. And it probably is quite complex when you're running a larger organisation to make sure you're doing everything that suits your employees. So I'm not saying I'm an expert in that area, but speaking from um, <laughs> experience, just working in various places, it's going to become even more important getting the right candidates into those roles. It's something Absolutely. that we're all looking for. Um, so yeah, and thank you. Thanks, I've really enjoyed being part of this. So thanks for inviting me onto the show. Ah, oh, thanks, Jess. It was lovely you to speak too. to you. Have a good day. Thank you. You've been listening to Make It Thrive, the company culture podcast with me, your host, Lizzie Benton. If you've enjoyed listening and want to keep up with all things culture, don't forget to subscribe. Thank you so much for listening. And I look forward to welcoming you back next week.